Hello everybody and welcome to the final episode of the season of the Ken Donnelly Podcast where the intro is being recorded as Matt Gerrard and myself, John Phipps, walk down Wembley Way. I've just had to pull Matt Gerrard away from the half-and-half scarf salesman um, because he was desperate to get one to remember his special day here at Wembley. But what a lovely sunny day for the FA Trophy final between Bromley and Brackley. I've, I've wrapped myself up today with a big coat and everything because when I left home it was pretty, um, pretty poor weather but beautiful weather here. I don't know if the other game's still going on but uh, there's quite a few people wandering up. As I say, all through the podcast I'm going to say I'm really jealous because I want to see my team at Webley and there's a team in white and black but it's not my team so I might be quite miserable during the day John but hopefully probably can win. Well hopefully you can, I, I'll cheer you up. I mean I've, I've had next to no sleep I didn't get in from the airport until uh, 20 past 3 last night after my week in uh, lovely sunny Greece um, but really really looking forward to this game so um, yeah we're just going to do a little intro for you now and then we'll obviously do more maybe a little bit during the, during the game um, and then we'll do obviously a wrap up at the end but uh, plenty of other stuff to talk about this week as well because you've got managerial changes and the, the player shake up has certainly started in earnest hasn't it Matt? Yeah, players are going, moving from club to club. It'll be interesting to see what happens now. Maystone have solid, solid few signings bringing their club in. Doing it this early as well. Yeah, I'm a fan of that because normally where we are, we don't normally do it till about uh, August. But yeah, getting a solid in. So it's a big season for Maystone next season. And some of the players who were there last season on loan, they've managed to, to sign up. And of course, got a, a new assistant manager as well. Exactly, yeah, so really good to see Steve Watt back there for him anyway. Not so good for Margate, but Margate have had a few players leave already, but they've got a few brought in. They've brought in Alex Brown from Dartford, so it's pretty interesting for them, but interesting for them because they haven't got manager yet, so they've got to make some sort of decision soon about that before they start building too big a squad, no? Well, I'm reading the, the, the statement they put out that maybe it's going to be um, Sandy Man and uh, Steve Brown are going to get it for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Again, I don't know, there is rumours that Margate's budget has been cut considerably from last year, so... Steve Watt leaving can help on that maybe for the budget so um, I think they'll stick with them to be honest yeah. so yeah we're, uh, we're just we're trying to cross the road on the way at Wembley Way we've sat next to uh, George Porter's auntie and uncle on the, on the train on the tube so hopefully he has a good day they have a good day and uh, yeah we're going to cross the road now we're not going to die that's good um, but we're going to go and find our tickets find our seats and we'll be back with you very shortly There's a nice cream bag you've got a mint feast so that ice cream van I'm sad to report didn't have any mint feasts so Matt was very disappointed by that but we're now sat in the press box here at Wembley Stadium Matt Gerald and myself uh, we've got just about 45 minutes or so until the kickoff of the final we've got the teams in front of us we won't go through them because obviously most of the podcast will be after that at the moment they're just showing a big montage of how Bromley got to the final um, on the big screen here at Wembley it's yet to fill up so far the stadium is it Matt it's, uh, it's, it's, it's quite empty we had a good feed didn't we lovely bit of feed yeah yeah so um, nice bit of rocky road as well from the uh, desserts that was very enjoyable yeah there's 15,000 Bromley fans of course where we are we can't see the top tier I don't know if people are at the top there's cheers there but behind the goal there's not that many at the moment going in so maybe they're just enjoying it what well, is a beautiful day apart from a little bit of cloud in there it's a perfect day it might be energy sapping for the players later on though it will be. I think the, the big pitch is a myth, actually, these days at Wembley, isn't it? I think that there's plenty of Premier League grounds, but it, it, you know, it is a fantastic day, and the adrenaline will be pumping for the players, I'm sure. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's been a long time for Bromley, isn't it? Brackley less so when they've uh, lost out in the Conference North playoff final, but it's been three weeks or three weeks and a day since Bromley last played, so will they be a little bit ring rusty? But what a, what a day for these players. You know, if that was me, would you be able to sleep the night before? Probably not, no, that's what we were saying to uh, George Porter's family as well. That corner, so, I don't remember that, I'll leave that out. Um, but, um, 
here come, it was as you can hear behind us the, the Bracken players are just coming out onto the pitch and I would imagine the Bromley players won't be too far um, behind them but I mean obviously it is the end of the season but the, the comings and goings have already started and I suppose we should really start at Dartford Matt where it happened pretty quickly after their um, playoff game Tony Berman left the club after 14 years in charge um, he's moved on from manager they moved pretty quickly to bring in joint managers Jamie Coyle and Adam Flanagan uh, interesting decision that Coyle obviously at, at Welling Flanagan was at Concord next year it, it's, I'm always intrigued by joint managers and this seems a bit of a, a bit of a marriage of convenience really to bring in two former Dartford players they've just brought them in and given them the top job you know could, could one of them not have done it on their own do you know what I think I don't think it really works with joint managers I suppose the first time you ever heard it was when Roy Evans and Gerard Houllier did it at Liverpool back in the day and after about, then after about it. three months that Evans had gone and of course Evans was the been there the, the mythical boot women been there since, since time so of course the people in Salford have had joint managers they've now gone but to me Dartford have rushed this decision I think um, we're always consensus that Tony Berman would probably be leaving the club um, after the game if they didn't go up always, when I went there I think you had the feeling as well he would probably leave if it didn't work out he left pretty early which I probably think is the right decision but for me there's a lot of good managers out there who would like to take the Dartford job who know that level even a level above could have gone with it it's a safe choice for me to be honest I think they've rushed into the chance of getting it hopefully alright Coyle successful for Mason as a coach getting out of that division or the division they're in and Adam Flanagan Concord budget wasn't too good but he's kept them up be interesting to see if now Dartford next season they've lost a few players Will there be a mix of Welling and Concord Rangers players? It's interesting as you say about Concord Rangers and their budget. Um, <laughs> they seem to be certainly splashing the cash so far this year. And, and it, is it one of those seasons a little bit like it was for your Margates last year? It's almost a free hit. You've got Billy Ricky going to come in. They're going to spend big bucks. Concord are throwing so much money at it this season. As the Bromley players come out onto the pitch here um, in front of us at Wembley. But Concord, they brought in Sammy Moore as manager. And they are throwing so much money at it. So... And obviously you've got Chelsea City splashing the cash as well a little bit in that league. I don't think there's going to be that much pressure on Dartford next year. So we saw oh, how Jamie well, we saw how Jamie Crawl learned at Welling last year. Will another year, will that push, push them forward? Or do you think Dartford, the expectation will still be that Dartford will be in the playoffs then? Well, absolutely. I've got to be. I think they've got to get promoted. They've fallen behind of the Maystones, the Epsleys, the Davis of this world. Five seasons, I think it'll be the fifth season in the National South. You speak to their supporters. They don't want the National South. They want to be in the National with the with the other Ken sides. I, I don't think it, it, it's a free hit for them. They'll be expected to to do well in that division and expect to be uh, up in the playoffs for automatic promotion. Have they? It'll be interesting to see what players they can attract. But for me, have a look at who else is out there. It's good they've come down that route, the old boot room, the old players who played at the club. But for me, they probably should have seen what's out there. I hope it works out for them. Jamie Coyle's a top bloke. Adam Flanagan, they love the club. Sometimes a complete switch from what you know may be better for them. And one player that they have lost, and he's gone Concord, funny enough, is Ryan Hayes. And that is a very interesting one, because Ryan Hayes, I mean, I don't think I made any secret of it. I had a bit of a man crush on him when I was watching him play for Dartford early this season. Um, it's it's, it's going to be a whole new era, era at Dartford, and I'm sure the fans will serve those expectations, but it is going to be a case, I think, of a slower start and then maybe coming good towards the end of the season perhaps about Ryan Hayes um, on his day a fantastic player but he, for me when I've seen I'm not his biggest fan but you know he was a Dartford legend from that point of view maybe it's a good that he moves on be interesting to see how he gets on at Concord Bradbrook for me if, 
if he's going to go, it's the biggest loss they've got. I see Noble staying, Bonner staying, and Vince Vince has been linked with a number, number of clubs. So that's a good signing. A maybe, good, good centre-half pair in those yeah, two, actually. Maybe that's the Dartford have looked at it and say, right, if we bring somebody in who the players know and respect have grown up with, who know a bit about them, these players will maybe stay. If they brought in a, another random name bringing up, like Gary Hill, for example, who's in the job, he might have brought a, right, a complete new sweep. So you can see that's where, where Dartford have gone, but I just feel that... Have a look, test the waters a little bit. I mean, just about Jamie Cole, did he leave that job thinking he'd go to Dartford anyway? That's an interesting point, if we maybe get him on the show start of the season, because I didn't expect him to leave well in early, that early doors. No, nor did I. That, that, that did come as a, as a big surprise. Another manager, I suppose, always was a little bit of a surprise, but um, Steve Watt leaving Margate um, after just, a, just over a year in charge down at Hartsdown Park and going to become assistant manager at Maidstone, which is a great gig for him. Um, but Margate back to square one again. Yeah, Margate, one of these clubs that never seem to um, go anywhere. You think they're on the right footing? Did they overachieve or underachieve last season? Probably over. I think they probably could have done better. They drew too many games, conceded too many late goals. What maybe Maystone were his Kent club, if you would use it, over for a while, didn't really fit in there. Had success at Maystone as a captain, and maybe the call of um, being available, or maybe he let people know that he was available for that particular job, but he's gone there. But Margaret, where do they go from here? I'm hearing the budget has been cut again. Um, what would have been, as I mentioned earlier, what would have been on a decent wage? They'll save on that. They've brought a couple of good players in. Brown, Alex Brown from Dartford has come in. Winter and um, Rogers and Liam Friend have signed, which is a good sign, I think, for them. But are they going to be at the right end of the table? Next season, nobody knows what the, what the um, Devon Bostick Premier is going to be like because you haven't got Billy Ricky in it anymore. So it um, could be an or open Dulwich. Or Dulwich as well, as you say. So, yeah, it's just not, you know, I feel for the supporters a little bit because maybe they've had stability for 15 months and now it's all gone a little bit, you know, everybody's concerned about the club. Rumours of maybe managing with Ramsgate, so it'd be interesting to see how Margate get on and who else they can bring in. I think um, their under-23 side last season did quite successfully. Their manager's left as well. Yeah, will they, will they be utilising those players? It's interesting, Matt. I mean, you, you mentioned it there, the, the potential merger between Margate and Ramsgate. I, I know that you live in Thanet and I used to be the sports editor of the Thanet Gazette, so we both know a little bit about this. But if that were to happen, do you think that would be good for the area? I think both both sets of fans, particularly the Margate fans, may have their noses put out of joint. But do you think it might, in the long run, be better for Thanet football? You know... I can see where fans are coming from as that none of these sides are my team you always think like, I live in Thanet there is room with it if they sold Hartsdown Park and Southwood which are prime um, housing locations they could build something at Manston for it so benefit the area totally but I know the supporters would not be particularly happy about that but to benefit the area maybe it would be the way forward but I know a lot of fan, a lot of supporters of these clubs don't want that to happen but they've tried it before Thanet United in the late 70s early 80s didn't really work out that much but there's a hundred I think it's 128,000 people living in Thanet I think it's one of these things so if you had one football team that everybody could put get behind you could really think they could get some decent gates from that but it's history but maybe history's got to change in football football's moved on in other expectors would it move in a merger of a couple, couple of clubs that way? I think it's very difficult because, you know, Margate are always going to be up, I think, are always going to find it harder to attract local players and have that link with the area all the time that they are trying to get their... all the time that they're training away from away from the area, which I know why they do that, to attract the better players. But 
they could easily be based in Thanet and attract good players because there are good footballers in Thanet and Ramsgate and Margate are on completely different models at the moment but I would say for the area for the, lo- for the locality the Ramsgate model is much better to bring the local people in and try and get people to get behind those local players yeah, Margate's has been Margate always been the so-called richer club, haven't they? Right to spend money's money, money, and it hasn't really worked out for them. You know, Ramsgate have got a lot of players. They've lost Paxman. Ramsgate, who's been done really well for them and gone to Folkestone. So again, it's it, it probably something that needs to come out. The, the, the rumours of the merger aren't going away. Probably can't do it this season. But if the Thanet Council is willing to sort of build them a new ground at Manston, which is Manston's a hot topic in the Thanet area with the facilities to boost the community maybe that's that's the way to go but I can understand from, from my point of view you wouldn't want to see Dover and Folkestone merging because that's my team as well and I, I truly understand these Margate fans say no they never want that to happen at all but maybe if you want the area to be successful and the area to support a club higher up the pyramid that's maybe where they have to go yeah and it is, it is that interesting time of year you know we are keeping an eye on, on as many sort of teams as we can Plenty of plenty of comings and goings elsewhere down in the Southern Counties East League, and, and Seven Oaks already starting to sign some players. And I understand as well, although they're not in Kent, that things are maybe changing at Crowborough as well. So they may not be quite the threat that they were last season. But we should also say we were here just for the very end of the FA Vars final, um, which was won by one goal to nil by Thatcham Town, and it was Thatcham Town who beat Seven Oaks three-one uh, in the third round of the competition. And it just goes to show, you know, that this can happen. And it was it was amazing, really, because we got here and we sat in the press box. Um, and the other side of the stadium, you, you, there's a little bit of a, uh, a cordon. In, and so the Thatcham Town fans on one side and the Stockton Town on the other side. Both those sections are now almost completely empty, so not many people have taken up the offer to see both of those games. Um, but it, it is very interesting, and we watching those players going up and lifting that trophy, we were both kind of saying, that's the best day of their lives. And, you know, they are the sort of players. So, you know, maybe it might be nice next year if one of our teams really has a damn good go at that FA Vars and, and, and sees how far they get obviously it won't be seven notes because they're going to be in the FA Trophy um, believe it or not after their promotion but it's going to be um, it's going to be a really interesting season isn't it yeah I, I think it's, it's, after seeing the competition what it meant to everybody it shows that the FA Vars you know five years ago um, Tumbridge Wells got to the final we haven't really done much from that Ashford got close yeah it's a competition that sides could make you know Real thing because if you, if you come here, I know Canterbury have come here today. The deal people they've tweeted out there at the game, they must be watching that thinking, Oh, we'll have fancy a bit of this, wouldn't they? It's, it is all down to I remember speaking to Ben Smith about it, the Canterbury manager, right at the start, isn't it? It's all down to the luck of the draw, isn't it? You know, you want to get a home game, or you want to, if you're going to be away from home, you want that to be first on a Saturday so you don't have to travel down to some far away place on a, on a Tuesday night if you have to have a replay or something like that. And it is. You know, it, it is such a, a luck of the draw. I mean, easily seven oaks. There's no reason why they couldn't have pushed on. I'm just going to go through my program, which I've got here. That seems to, they've got a guy who scored more than 60 goals with Thatcham. Um, he scored the penalty, didn't he? Today? Yes, he did. Um, he scored the winning goal. But I'm just looking at the, you know, the, yeah, they beat seven oaks, and then after that, Biggleswade, Bromsgrove Sporting, Melksham Town, who were another team who beat um, a Kent side as well, if I remember rightly, um, and then. 1874 Northwich over two legs and you just kind of look at it and think what if for Seven Oaks Town I look at that and think well if Thatcham have gone and have done it why couldn't Seven Oaks have gone on and done it and you know that that, that is the thing with the FA Vars it does give you such dreams and, and like you say those clubs who are here today who've watched that who've watched that game will be sitting there thinking 
Yeah, fancy a bit of that. Uh, I, I, I'm sure the deal people and the candidate but it, it's pretty disappointing now for Seven Nights. They've gone the higher level. Why couldn't you allow the? Would it affect the competition if the Devon Bostick South size to go into it, or is that something that competition for that? Because they're not going to win the FA Trophy, are you? So they're starting probably in about August, and September in that competition. Not a high priority. Maybe they, the league could look to extend the end it right up to the size like this, and other sides would look to go in that competition. You may have sides like the Stockton to this world thinking, boy, that's going to affect us winning it, but maybe not so. One of the things I think, well, another thing that does kind of change the Vars very much is Stockton, yet again, they're a club from the North East who yeah. reached this final. So many teams do from, it's such a strong league up there in the North East. They never want promotion, do they? That's the problem some of these. No, exactly. And, and they, t- they just look at the Vars and think, well, that's a great day out for us, we'll enjoy that, that'll be fab. Do they need to look at it and think perhaps we should, you know, but like you say, that you, Ramsgate ain't going to win the FA Trophy. Seven Oaks aren't going to win the FA Trophy next year. There's very little point, not, I wouldn't say there's very little point in them being in it, but it's not like the FA Cup where you could get a really big big game. They've got to win so many ties. The likes of Ramsgate, Seven Oaks, have got to win so many games in order to get through to even the level where they play a National League team. You know, so it's, it's very difficult for them and, and, and I don't even know if they've announced yet how it's going to work because obviously there's more teams at step 3 more teams at step 4 next year how's that actually going to affect the trophy and I'm with you I think your Bostics South North and all that level should be in the bars give them a chance of this day out at Wembley as well because in real terms there isn't actually that much difference between Seven Oaks this season and Faversham this season you know the, 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 what, why and there's no reason why as well we see how strong the Southern County is there's no reason why a Seven Oaks still couldn't go a long way in that you know the top teams in that in that tier could still have a, a, a good crack at it there's a lot of pro- problems with this new range of leagues going across the FA probably should ask them is there, it's their home here isn't it but what's going on but yeah I can't see why they can't do things like that but they're probably thinking maybe on this competition it's not broke so you know why do we need to fix it so Um, so, yeah we're going to wrap up in a minute um, before obviously the the rest of the show from here as you can hear the teams are being shouted out behind us but um, the rest of the show will obviously be very focused on what's gone on today but hopefully you would have seen on social media on uh, Monday last week the somewhat staggering news um, that our little show has been nominated for a, a Press Award in the uh, Kent Press and Broadcast Awards. Um, I was actually on the beach in Lindros when I found out the news, but um, I, I'm absolutely thrilled by this. Very surprised to have made the shortlist, very pleased to have made the shortlist, Matt. But um, yeah, thanks to the judges. I'm sure they were all looking lovely that day they did the awards. Yeah, I think um, it was a bit of a shock to uh, us to be. Um, Especially when we saw we were up against. Yeah, we we're up against some big boys, really. But hey, what can you say? We've been nominated, we'll enjoy it. As football fans, we'll enjoy our day out and see what happens from there. But yeah, it's been enjoyable to um, end the podcast at Wembley today. Hopefully, Bromley can do it for us to really round it all up. But yeah, it's an interesting thing. So thank you for all the support we've had on uh, social media about this. But yeah, we've uh, got nominated. I've never been nominated for anything, John. So I don't have you personally. Uh, no, I don't think I have. No, it was, um, it was quite funny actually when we walked through the, the press area when we got here at Wembley, Wembley uh, earlier on this afternoon I just said to Matt as we were walking through do you remember when I sent you a message saying should we do a podcast about non-league football and um, you kind of see how that's all transpired into this I mean I can't believe that 
what, nine months after we first started. We, uh, we are sat here at Wembley and in what just over six weeks time we're going to be sat at an awards ceremony. We're up against BBC South East today, ITV Meridian and KMFM to win Programme of the Year at the, at the Kent Awards. It is absolutely madness but yeah we are so grateful for all of the support that everybody's given us this season um, every manager I've lost count of how many management players we've spoken to I was trying to work it out when I was in the sea in, uh, in Greece last week I made it around 50 different people from almost 30 clubs we've spoken to this season and we are so grateful to every single one of you because at the end of the day we're just two blokes who talk nonsense we like to talk about television and all sorts of other bits and pieces um, but it's been absolutely fantastic and, and we've kind of said a couple of times as well but please do keep an eye out on, on social media over the summer because we do have some other really exciting stuff uh, coming up on the horizon as well which hopefully if you listen to the podcast and like the podcast you'll also enjoy that as well unfortunately we still can't quite tell you what's going to be happening but um, it's just been amazing and, and the podcast has been really good fun doing it we will be back doing it next season and obviously Matt I should say thank you very much to you because Wednesday lunchtimes you've, you've sat there religiously every week and, and given me your view and um, I've, I've really really enjoyed myself yeah it's been, it's been a good fun and as I said before it's good for me to drop on the knowledge of some of these clubs I didn't really know I know the top end of non-league football pretty well but, but the other one other side not too much Romney going through the team they need to get through the old um, chanting it out not giving the names back but there you go with the teams but the Bromley fans are coming in but yeah as I said earlier in the pod that I am so jealous of these Bromley people because I know the team you, you follow you've seen them at Wembley a couple of times John but I want to see my team at Wembley so if anything can happen over the next thing I'd give up winning the Kent Press Awards if I can see Dover my boys at Wembley one time Is that, I know you you're shocked about that, John. Does, does anyone want a gig as podcast co-host for next season after that treachery? No, Matt, I completely understand what you're saying. You kind of touched it there. I used to support a team. I don't support them anymore. Um, I'm glad I don't, to be honest, because it's opened up all of this for me. Um, but you are right. To watch to watch the team that you support at Wembley is, is a feeling that you can't match. And all those Bromley fans, you can see them um, over to our right-hand side at the moment, waving their flags as their players' names are read out. They're going to have a fantastic day this afternoon. They'll remember it. Hopefully, they'll have the result. And we will wrap up now, just as they go through the final substitutes. We've got two more substitutes for Bromley. So we'll time this perfectly. Brandon Hannon, and then it'll be Dan Johnson. Um, and we will say to you that hopefully, we will about to watch a Kent side lift the FA Trophy. And the first be, time in 10 years. And you'll be hearing all the reaction to that game after this, after the short break, which will be about 10 seconds while I get it all advertised on the on the programme that I used to edit the podcast. Um, but yeah, we'll be back later and hopefully, let's just hope Bromley can do it. Blaring music in the background is that last minute, it's half time. Um, half time here at Wembley. It's Bromley 1, Brackley Town Mill. Um, good first half, Matt. Yeah, good, lovely goal for Bromley. Mechie did really well. Maybe, I think Brackley would say maybe it was a foul for it. He ran on well. I thought he'd let the ball go a bit. A lovely ball into Bugle and lovely touch. Drilled it in the corner. Brackley, I think it looked quite decent, I think, going forward, particularly on the flanks. Matt Lowe and the other fullback, Connor Franklin, have caused problems. But to me, they haven't got much up top, really, to cause too many problems with the two strikers. I expect they'll make a replacement there. Frankie Raymond's had a good game in midfield as well, dictating the play. Bromley, probably in the second, though, I think, John. Yeah, I, I think they deserve to, to win this um, so far on, on this. And what's probably ominous, if you're a Brackley... Uh, associate is that Dennis has been quite quiet so far hasn't he he's had a couple of flashes we haven't seen too much of him they've, they've marshaled him quite well but I think Bromley have, have defended really well like you say they're, 
very good down the flanks. The, the guy low on this side in front of us has been particularly impressive. But so far, almost everything that's come at them, they've just defended it really well, Bromley. Yeah, the two centre-halves. They haven't made sure that the ball hasn't gone behind them too many times. Holland and, uh, and Roger Johnson, the experienced pair there, yeah. They don't look any problems. It's got to be tighter on the uh, full-back positions. Uh, Tyrone Sterling's had a bit of a shaky start in the game. And also um, Jordan Higgs as well. That's why I think if, if Brackley are going to get into the game, that's when they're going to get their chances. Yeah, I didn't see a lot of the FA Cup final yesterday, but from what I've seen, I think this has probably been a much better, more entertaining game in the first 45 minutes. Yeah, a couple of good saves. From the, uh, I didn't watch it either. FA Cup's over to me when the Kent guy decides to go out, John. So um, Lewis made a good save. I think that extra quality in the final third, which as I mentioned earlier, that uh, Louis Dennis hasn't been involved too much, that could be the key for them. Bromley's got to be concentrating, concentrating. Again, where do the tactics change? After 75 minutes, they're 1-0 up. Do they sit back and they go for it? So that's what will be interesting to see what uh, manager uh, Neil Smith does at that point, who was very excited for when they scored. I also wonder if Neil Smith broke the quick change record. He walked out in that suit, did all the pleasantries. Within a minute or so, he was on the touchline in his shorts. Maybe he's got one of those like, uh, super suits that you just pull off and it uncomes you like Superman does on that sort of thing from there. He may well do. Anyway, so yeah, that's half time here. There's um, your man from Soccer AM's on the telly again um, on the big screen. Is that Soccer AM then? I think so, yeah. And I don't watch that game. No, nor do I anymore. I used to, like about 15 years ago, but no, not watching it anymore. Um, but they are doing a few more bits on the screen. It's half time here. Um, Bromley won, Brackley nil, deservedly so far. Bromley in front, and hopefully the next 45 minutes will be as good. Yeah, real drama here, John. Now at the FA Trophy final, Brackley, who oh, I think deserved it, have scored in the fifth minute of injury time, and we've got extra time. Brandon Hannon and two golden opportunities for Bromley to, to win it for him. Good save by the goalkeeper. Fair play to Brackett. I think they probably deserved it. They were the better side second half. Oh, they certainly were. And Bromley, they were indebted to David Gregory, who made a couple of absolutely brilliant saves um, when they were really under the cosh around the hour mark. Then they brought Hannon on, and Hannon really went for it. He really, you know, he had those two glorious chances. The second one in particular really had to score, but he went straight low, and the keeper saved it. And now you look down on the pitch, and the Bromley players are on the floor. They were so close with the goal was an own goal as well. Low shot from Matt Lower player, I think had a really good game. I think you've been impressed yeah, by very him. impressed by Went him. through a crowd of bodies, beat Gregory, hit the bottom of the post, came back out and Roger Johnson, his foot got there first and just diverted it. I think it even came off Gregory as well into the bottom corner. The Bromley fans over to our right were 20, 30 seconds away from celebrating winning the FA trophy. And now we've got another half an hour, which is not good news if you've got to go home, um, <laughs> as, as one of us may have to. But um, Bromley, you know, they used all their subs as well, so there's nothing they can really sort of go to it. This is the way they've got to be. For the they've next... got to win it again now, John. That's the difficult bit. Neil Smith's out there, cajoling his players. They've got to win it again. But we expect the ascendancy is all with Brackley now. Well, exactly. They, their fans behind over the goal to our left, they would have been sat there two or three minutes ago thinking that they, they had no... They, they, it was over they were going to be heading back up north not up north but back up to Brackley feeling down and now they're all on a high they're celebrating the Bromley fans over to our right hand side were so close so close to that winning minute but the thing was it, as it went on you just always thought there might be a chance didn't you just always uh, yeah, thought there might be a chance yeah, I thought they had a couple of opportunities number 8 was had a good game for them at Armson but when that came in how it's cruel, it's, cruel. it's a cruel game but now Bromley got to win it again I couldn't call this but you know 
from a Kemp point of view, they've probably deserved it practically for the equaliser. I think so. I think they were a much better side after the, after the break. Um, they really sort of went for it. And now Bromley have just got to sit there and, and they've got to they've got to do it again. You know, Dennis went off. It, it wasn't his day today. He's down to Bugle and Hanlon. He's missed those two chances now. He's got to come back up. But I suppose another half another half an hour. Matt's not the not necessarily the worst thing in the world, is it? No, it'd be interesting to see though. There's going to be some tired legs out there. It's a warm day. As a plane goes over the top from here, it's how they need to do it again? It. <laughs> <laughs> what we're going to do, Bromley? They went three at the back. Will they keep the formation? People like Hanlon, he's going to be the man. He's the outlet up top. He's got to stretch the defence now. I'll tell you very quickly while I'm talking about planes, actually, because I know we like to talk about this stuff. Did you see the other week the penny load of Paul Bale fans hired a plane to fly over the Britannia Stadium um, to taunt them about their relegation? And not only were, Port ba- were Stoke not playing that day, they were also due to be playing away. <laughs> Can you believe it? Proper, th- proper pottery, darling. Paul Bale don't like Stoke that much. But again, look at that. The Bromley players are down. The Brackley players are up. Who's your money on? I'm sticking with the boys. I'm sticking with Bromley. They, they, they've won the game already. Let's hope they can win it again. We'll come back to you. If we finally get out of here, midnight, whatever it'll be. Well, everyone, it's gone to penalties here at Wembley. As you can hear, the penalty's been taken to the goal over to our left-hand side. Uh, we did a penalty here before. Made Sony against Folkestone. I did one team. Matt did the other. We're doing the same. So I'm going to do the Bromley penalties today. Matt is going to do the, Bro- the Brackley Town penalties. Extra time wasn't inspiring, was it, Matt? Um, no, well, they had one chance early on, Bromley, but otherwise uh, not exciting. Players are absolutely worn out here. Yeah. And Frankie Sutherland is going to take the first penalty for Bromley. Uh, over to our left-hand side, right-footed. Take comes back. And he scores low into the bottom, left-hand corner. Really good penalty from Frankie Sutherland, that one. He, uh, he, he Plenty of pressure on him there. That's a really good penalty. Keeper went the right way, Danny Lewis went the right way but uh, it wasn't to be for him so it's 1-0 to Bromley in the penalty shoot after one penalty so far Shane Byrne you can hear the boos of the Bromley fans behind me Shane Byrne number four centre half for uh, Brackley and becomes saved by Gregory to his right hand side Gregory pumps the air good penalty but good eye for the goalkeeper Good save, that. Same side as Sutherland went, but a really good save for Gregory. Interesting, he started behind the line. If you look at that, he, he, he was actually behind the line when the kick when he ran up to take it. Then had the jump forward, which is interesting. Look, he's behind yeah. the line, as you see on the replay. We've got replays here at Wembley. Uh, right, so next up for Bromley is going to be number eight. Frankie Raymond is going to step up, left-footed. We're not doing ABBA then, we're doing normal penalties, Matt, I'm pleased to say. Here's Raymond. Scores! Blow down the middle. 2-0 to Bromley in the shootout. That's a really cool penalty. Lewis has gone away again. He's gone away. That's pretty much down the middle. Low penalty. Risky strategy doing it like that. But he won't care after that one. He's gone in. Neil Smith looking really pensive on the attach line watching that. Players are lined up on the centre circle. Number 10, Aaron Williams. He's got a lone far up top. Again, Gregory on his line. Moves back. Up comes Williams. Steps up. Scores down the middle this time. No chance for Gregory. Decent penalty. Look yeah. calm and confident. Went the same way as his mate, didn't he? So at the moment, after two penalties Four. each, it's Bromley two, Brackley one. Here, Here comes, comes. <laughs> Brendan Hanlon, who uh, Brandon Hanlon, sorry, who missed a couple of really good chances in normal time. I must admit, I missed the one he missed at the start of the second half because they put some cookies out in the press box. Also, I went to the gents. So here comes Hanlon, right-footed. He's, he's been denied twice by Lewis in the goal here. He steps up, right-footed. Great penalty. That is a superb penalty. 
top corner, no chance for them to save that. That is a, it showed that sort of, it showed that sort of ability in front of goal earlier on, then we wouldn't be watching penalties, would we, Matt? Pressure now on the substitute. Steve Diggin, who only arrived about 10 minutes before, her, before the end of the game. Replaced the extra load, didn't he? he's going to score, he's got to score. If Diggin steps up, scores. Great penalty again. Saved that for a second, I really did. He took it, he, did, he, took, he took his, I thought he was going to take his time, but he was brushed it quite a bit. Behind though. the line again, Gregory. Went that's the a right good penalty. Oh, that's a really good penalty. So now, here it comes up now, number four, Josh Reese, who scored a lot of goals for him this season. Yeah, came on in the second half, Reese. He looked, he looked quite useful when he came in. He would have been disappointed not to start today. Um, Will Reese, but he's stepping up now. He's got a chance to make it 4-2 in this shootout for Bromley. He's gonna, he puts the ball on the spot. He's going to step up right-footed. Reese scores, bottom corner. Really good penalty. Now the pressure's on for Bradley, because if they miss this one, then it's curtains and Bromley have won the FA Trophy. It's your man, it's your man, mate. You've talked about him all day being the danger man. James Armson missed some chances during that second half, particularly not so much during extra time. But uh, here comes Armson. Yeah, Armson's a good player, I think. I liked him. Engine beating midfield. Gregory's got out, just giving him a bit of uh, verbals, I think. The referee's telling him to go back to his line. Armson is a quality player, I think. I think he'll score, John, on this. Well, Bromley players see. are bumping if, up and if down. He, if he's got a score. If Armisen misses, Bromley have won the FA Trophy 2018. Up to Armisen and scores. Keep it in even move. Really good low penalty, that one. Right into the bottom corner. So who's the hero going to be for Bromley? Plenty of banter there, wasn't it? That's Omar Bugol, is it? He scored yeah. the goal. To win the trophy. Scored the goal in the first half. Now he's stepping up. 15, 16,000 Bromley supporters over to my right-hand side all praying that Omar Bugle is going to stick this goal away and win the FA Trophy for Bromley. He puts the ball on the penalty spot here at Wembley Stadium. Right-footed. Misses! He's blazed it over! He's missed the target completely! He's stunk on the penalty spot. They've still got a score though, haven't they? Still got a score. Bradley. Look at this, look at Jack Holland running up to get his man and reassure him. That's fantastic captaincy from Holland there. But again, number seven, Glenn Walker, who had a decent game, no end product, no. I thought though, John. Oh, that was... He's going to be a left-footed penalty. Yeah. He's got a score to take it to sudden dead. If Big Gregory boys. is the hero, they've won it. Here he comes, steps up and scores it off the post. Go to sudden death. We do go to sudden death so close again, Bromley. Minutes, seconds away again from it. That's a superb penalty from your man there, Walker. He's tucked that away in off the post, as you say, Matt. Really good penalty. Here comes Holland. Minutes ago, Mr. Bromley. Mr. Bromley, indeed. Minutes ago, he was there consoling his teammate, Bugle, who was distraught on the penalty spot after that miss. Which well, has made it all four, the pressure four. is on. If, if Bromley can score, the pressure's on Bradley. Exactly. Jack Holland. Exactly. Holland steps up. Oh, he's hit the post! Holland is hit the post. post and it's gone away! And now Holland is just going to be Andy Brown, the substitute, to win it for Brackley. Holland puts his shirt over his head, the skipper. Andy Brown, a very experienced player at this level and above. Can he be the hero for Brackley? The referee gives him the ball. Brown places it on the spot. Number 14 on his back. The Bromley players on the centre circle go in the hut. Here he comes, Brown. Can he win it for them? A couple of the Brackley players steps up and scores! And Brackley have won the FA Trophy 2018! 
on penalties. The Bromley players sink to the ground. But it's Rackley from Northampton. They've done it on penalties. Unbelievable fi finish to the game there, Matt. Unbelievable. Bromley so close to winning it in normal time. So close to winning it in penalties. Then two penalties right at the end. They didn't hit the target, which is the crucial thing. The celebrations... Bradley deserve those celebrations. They've played really well today. A team below, level below. They lost the playoff final last week and now they've hit back and they've won it. But Bromley, we're here to talk about Bromley. That is absolutely devastating for Bromley. They played so well today, so close to winning it. Neil Smith can hold his head up high after that one, but they're going to reflect on this and just say what a devastating, devastating day that is for Bromley. They've had three weeks to look up look forward to this and it's all ended in heartbreak in the worst possible fashion Matt yeah and, uh, good thing about Neil Smith he's getting his players off the uh, off the floor and he's telling them to go for the fans the fans have been brilliant for them but how much heartbreak they had a chance to win the competition but Bugle put it over his bubble but they've done ever so well but that is heartbreak that's football for you some of the players are absolutely distraught David Gregory's only just stood up yeah. he's still in, in the far goal to our left hand side the guy's absolutely distraught. And who can blame him? He made some brilliant saves, didn't he, in the in the in the game earlier on to keep them to keep them at one 0 because in all seriousness, Bradley could easily have won that in normal time. Yeah, it's all over that. This is how Bromley react now. That's what Neil Smith will have to do when the season. They've had a great season. Next season will be another learning curve for them. But this is absolutely heartbreak. I'll tell you the thing that's going to upset you most is we're, as we're watching the BT Sport pitch in front of us. They're interviewing the goalkeeper. He hasn't made a save. So, you know, we're going to try and get some reaction from the Bromley camp after that defeat. Um, but hope, hopefully they're, they're going to be able to bounce back from this. But they put in a great effort to Bromley. But ultimately, they just came up short at the final minute. What a devastating blow for them. It's going to be a long summer trying to put that behind them. But hopefully they'll bounce back. You know, we gave it everything out there. And, yeah, as I said, when, when Omar scored, it was, it was good to come off some, some good play. Um, but yeah, as I said, it's yeah holding the bottle of champagne. But I'd rather have a winners' medal. What was it like for you watching as as, as it all sort of unfolded in front of you? I guess you were 20 seconds away from winning it. We were so close, and you know, as I said, we we were hanging on, and we did ride our luck at times. In all fairness, so yeah, we rode our luck at times, and they had good chances. They were a good team, and they're not there. They're not there. Um, by token, they've earned it there. So, you know, it was going to, always going to be a tough game at Wembley with the heat and the fans and whatnot. But, you know, it's just, as I said, it's it's not a nice feeling. Um, sat here now talking to you, but, you know, as I said, we've just got to got to move on. It's been a long season now. Time to rest and recover and, and go again next season. Is it going to eat you up over the next few weeks that this has happened? It's, it's in the manner it happened as well. Yeah, I mean, as, as you said, to be to be what was it, thirty seconds away, nineteen seconds, nineteen seconds away from. From getting that victory, and we were all on edge, and you know, and then Brackley were on the attack, and I, I, had, I did have a little doubt in my mind, and I was thinking, you know, we can't ride it out for this this amount of time in these many chances. So, but yeah, credit to Brackley, they've they've stuck it away and then gone on to to win a penalty. So credit to them. Everyone we speak to says Neil Smith's a, a brilliant gaffer. I guess there's no doubt that he will be the man who can pick you all up and get you going again when pre-season starts. Yeah, he's um he's relentless. Um, every day on the training pitch, building us up. Um, very positive, very good man management, knows how to deal with the players. So, yeah, no, he's been brilliant this season. Um, as of Hamo and all the backroom staff, we've got us to where we are now today. So, you know, to be favourites to be relegated this season, to have the season that we've had, 
I think you know it's it, credit where it's due. I think we've done well. So ultimately, then dust settles. It's more positives than negatives. Uh, I'll let you know in a bit. Right then, well, you heard from Adam Mecky there. Um, obviously disappointed. He, he was he was pretty upset, wasn't he, Matt? After that, and you can understand devastating day for Bromley. Neil Smith. We, we were in the press conference with him earlier, and, and he spoke really well. And I think that you know he's confident they can bounce back, but it's going to be hard for that for those players, isn't it? Oh, it is. And I think Mecky probably because he'd already been subbed at that point. And interesting point, what he said within that, he didn't think they'd be able to hang on, did he? And it wasn't to be for them. Yeah, I think Bromley have got good character in their squad. Big players. Holland, you know, it could have happened to a lesser player, I think, if you know what I'm coming from. And I think Holland's got the right character to bounce back. It's going to be a tough season, the National League next season, but Bromley will be up there. Interesting to see who they can bring in, like everybody else. But... Um, I think uh, they'll use this as a, you know, a gut, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a um, punch in the stomach, isn't it, when you end the season like that, but they'll go again, and I think only good things, particularly because they're doing such good stuff off the pitch, only good things, having a Bromley new stand coming up, so it's a good place to be, but, it's, you know, they'll look back on this day and probably never forget it, but all for the wrong reasons. I think it's interesting, I... I couple of things really we spoke to a Brackley fan didn't we and he said that he'd much rather have had today than be promoted last week which was uh, quite interesting but also um, point I just made to a very down in the dumps Bromley fan was if you look at Gillingham 20 years ago they or 20 19 years ago they came to Wembley 2-0 up in stoppage time then were pegged back and lost on penalties to Manchester City the following year they came back won that 3-2 and I'm sure any Gillingham fan will tell you that what they'd been through the previous year made what happened in 2000 all the sweeter so I guess that's something Bromley fans can sort of look at and think you know maybe they can bounce back and, and, and when it does happen for them again it'll be so much sweeter yeah I think you you, you use that pain of hurt that they've got which they're going to have for a few days and naturally I think the supporters have got it and the players will definitely have it but he's right we'll go again you know in, when in the 90th minute if you're behind you'll use that extra energy we don't want to go through what we did last time to come back into the game so I've got no doubt that Bromley will bounce back and I'm sure they um, might not be necessarily be at Wembley but they might be in the league next season decide to watch out for well exactly um, just to round off I mean we've recorded this podcast in some random places uh, I've done it in real seafront uh, you've been in the back of a taxi uh, pub beer gardens uh, my car in an underground car park right now we are on a metropolitan line train leaving Wembley um, heading back to go to our respective homes in Kent. So, Matt, as we're kind of wrapping up on, on what has been a successful first season of the podcast, what's been your highlight of the season from a Kent football point of view? Um, I think it probably is the likes of Folkestone and the likes of Bromley who've overachieved. If Bromley had won the competition, um, you would say it's been a fantastic season. Maybe an argument for another day. Has this been a good season for Kent football? Probably started out a different argument because nobody's gone up, nobody's gone down and nobody's won a trophy at the end of it apart from the, the, uh, the Kent trophy so um, a different argument for a different day it's been, it's been absolutely great fun and thanks to all the teams out there from a personal point of view going up to Tramway and seeing David win and a penalty and nearly get beaten up by some Tramway fans after I got excited you can put the play clip now penalty penalty for Dover for Ryan Bird 12 minutes to go and a big moment for Dover here a penalty for Dover Bird Looking at the ball, Ryan Bird steps up and scores! Straight down the middle, a superb penalty! And Dover in front with 10 to go! It's Dover at Tramway nil, Dover 1! Um, yeah, it's been good and we'll go again next season. Six weeks now, 
it's amazing. I'm just constantly checking people's who they've brought, who they've purchased, to work out where we're all going to go. But um, be a big six weeks. Got the World Cup to look forward to, and then be gutted about. So uh, look forward to it. But it's been great fun, and thanks for all your hard work, John. Thank you. I, I, my highlight. I don't know. I think the thing I'll probably remember the most from the season, and this certainly isn't a highlight for anyone, is that is the dust up I saw when Cray played Sittingbourne at, at Sittingbourne. The 21 man brawl that went all across the pitch and. You know, I'd never seen anything like that, and I, and I probably hope I never see anything again. It was it was proper violent stuff, and you know I've seen some good games, I've seen some less good games. Matt we've definitely gone the right train because we've just overtaken that one of Stratford ones. Good um, shout. Yeah, thanks. He wanted to go to Stratford, but I, I fought to get us to King's Cross. Um, but yeah, I think that's um, I think that's one of my highlights and podcast highlights. I mean, I've had many many laughs doing this, so I think. But I think obviously the highlight was when we got the email last week. Um, about the award nomination which I've banged on a little bit about but I am so chuffed by that absolutely thrilled and um, we will look forward to the award ceremony which is in July we haven't got a prayer of winning I'm, I'm very certain that I can say that but just to be nominated is, is fantastic and it's going to be a, a really good day so I suppose all that really remains to say is um, thank you so much to everyone who has spoken to us contributed interacted with us on social media throughout the course of the season um, Thank you to you as well, Matt, um, obviously, for giving up your time and bringing all the bands. I'm wiping a a tear away from my (laughs) eye, though. for bringing TV recommendations and mint feasts into my life again. Um, And, of course, thank you to every single one of you for listening to us prattle on about non-league football for 42 weeks and I can guarantee you 42 weeks I am 42 of course your special your special show Show 42 um, and when we next speak it will be episode 43 and Matt Gerrard will be 43 so um, we will see you in August thank you ever so much for listening and yeah have a good summer don't ring me until August